0: If you have uh, your Bible this morning, I'd ask you to turn with me to John 20, beginning in verse 19. John 20, beginning in verse 19. Then the same day at evening, before the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, He showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Well, this is Easter Sunday. This is the main Sunday of the year for Christians. All around the world today, folks are meeting and celebrating the risen Christ. Do You remember when you were little? I, I remember when I was little and on Easter Sunday... Uh, our folks would try and dress us up a little bit, you know they'd uh, a lot of the little girls would have dresses and stuff, and uh, the guys might get some new shoes or a new this or a new that and Easter was just a special uh, special day this morning. Uh, someone asked me if I had gotten a new suit or if I had just gotten my old one cleaned <laughs> We are here today on on Easter morning to celebrate the victory that was won through Jesus Christ, dying for us on the cross, taking away our sin, and because of the empty tomb, a symbol that can never be forgotten, a place that is so very, very important in the history of Christendom. Today is the most significant day for Christians Throughout all time, we gather together to worship the risen Lord. If Easter morning uh, is that time, we note that in history the disciples uh, were changed from being losers to being winners. There was a great transition on that particular day. One of the things that fascinates me about the Easter story is the change that took place in the lives of these disciples. One minute, they were defeated. The next minute, they were very, very dynamic. One minute, they were crushed. The next moment, they were very confident. One moment, they were having a pity party. And the next moment, they were filled with the joy of the Lord. This is just wonderful. This is the message This is the difference that it makes when Jesus comes to stand with us. Your life can change from defeat to being a winner when Christ gives you the victory. When you have Christ in your life, you become uh, that person that excels and goes beyond, that person that is a winner in the eyes of all. The words of Paul are found in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. I'm glad that you've come today to be with us to worship our Savior. Some of you come because uh, you come every week. You're here every Sunday morning when the doors are open. Some of you come particularly on Easter Sunday. You love to be here on this particular day, and and maybe you come most of the other Sundays. Well, God bless you. We're glad that you're here. Maybe there are a few here this morning that came because something's not going right in your life. Something is, is headed in the wrong direction, and you know it, and you're a little bit worried about it, and you came hoping that that could change in your heart and life and soul. It doesn't really matter why you're... Here We're all glad that you've come to be with us to worship our Savior. I hope that you are receptive during this hour through the singing of these great hymns, through the prayers that have been offered, through the Word of God that will be uh, spoken of during these moments. I hope that the Lord touches your heart. If you were to take a national survey asking people if they thought they had a winning life You know, the majority of people, there have been a lot of studies about this, the majority of people would say, you know, I'm just barely hanging on. I wouldn't call this a winning life. I'm just hanging on. I'm at the edge. Most people consider themselves in that predicament. Now, if there are so many people who are barely hanging on, then there has to be something robbing them of their confidence. What can that be? I believe the passage of Scripture that we read this morning gives us some hints, gives us some direction. What is it? What was it? What does it continue to be that robs the disciples of Christ of their confidence? Well, one thing, of course, would be weariness. Notice in our text, John twenty nineteen. On the evening of that first day of the week, it had been a long, long day. It had been a long week. Here's the week that Jesus and his disciples had experienced. Jesus and his disciples came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. It was a long walk. And every few feet, somebody would want to reach out and touch them and talk to them. And so they'd visit, and then they'd walk on a few feet, and somebody would want to touch them and visit with them. And that happened over and over again for a long way along the highway. Some were waving the palm branches. There was just a lot of stuff going on. And, of course, it was tiring. Uh, Jesus then came into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday. Jesus taught in the temple He cleansed the temple, as you're aware. There was a lot of effort given. There was a lot certainly to make you very, very tired while all of this was going on. They observed the Passover meal. They went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Some of you that have been to Israel, you know that from Jerusalem to the Garden is is not a a real long way, but you have to walk up a hill, you have to get there. Uh, it, It took energy. When they got there, The soldiers came. Jesus was arrested in that garden. There were six trials during the night. There was the crucifixion that followed. It was unbelievable how horrible it was. They were weary. They could go no further. The emotional strain of all those things that had happened in just a short period of time was just overwhelming. Sometimes one of the most spiritual things that you can do is to rest. That's still true today. It's amazing how things look better when you've had a good night's sleep. The disciples were weary. Some of them were just barely hanging on. Secondly, the disciples felt like a bunch of failures. They felt like, boy, we have done it. We have Gone back on our word. We have failed our Savior. We followed him for three and a half years, and now we have deserted him. We are terrible people. We've done a terrible thing. Matthew 26, 56 says, all of the disciples deserted Jesus and fled. We know that Peter denied the Lord three times. Three times. Others did not wait around to see what was going on, what was going to happen. They left. They were sitting behind locked doors in an upper room somewhere. They were trying to stay out of the flow of things. They were second-guessing themselves. They were having a pity party. They were confused. Where in the world did everything go wrong? And somebody said, well, you know, what should have happened was Jesus should have made all of us generals in his army and we should have enlisted all the believers, everybody that had been healed, and we should have thrown the Romans out and everything would be great if we had just done that. And others said, well, if we had just uh, sort of amassed ourselves and shown our power, then that would have gone wonderfully well and everybody would have left us alone. But it hasn't gone that way. Things have kind of fallen apart. What have we gotten ourselves into? And, of course, they're scared. They think, you know, we might die like Jesus did. They pressed those crown of thorns upon him. They beat him. They spat on him. They whipped him. It was horrible. Then they drove those huge nails through his hands and his feet. It was horrible, just horrible. That might happen to us. They're thinking, can anything positive come out of this? Well, we we saw Jesus heal a lot of people. That was good. We saw a lot of people learn a lot. That was good. But I don't know. We don't know. If it's going to continue, we just don't know. Jesus is dead. We don't know what's going to happen. The religious leaders, they're all against us. The Roman soldiers are certainly against us. This is just not good. Let me ask you this morning, how do you handle failure in your life? You cannot be a winner as long as you see yourself as a failure. If at first you do not succeed, you're pretty normal. Welcome to the human race. The fact is, life has setbacks. Everything doesn't go as we have planned it. There were two older men that were walking through the forest. They were older fellas and they were talking. They were taking their time. They weren't in any hurry. As they went along, they decided to take a new path through the forest. And as they did, they found a huge sinkhole right in front of them. And like everybody, they wanted to find out how deep it was. So one of them took a, a little pebble and he threw it in and it, they didn't hear any splash and they thought man wow this is a deep hole so the other one got a rock and threw it in no splash they couldn't hear anything they thought man alive this is this is a huge sinkhole they looked around they saw a log that was pretty close to the edge of the sinkhole and they thought wonder if we could push that in they started kind of rocking it back and forth and and finally they pushed on it, and, and sure enough, it, it went over the side and went down into the sinkhole. About two seconds later, a goat came whizzing by them. It was just like flying, just running as fast as it could, and it went straight into the sinkhole. Just just straight in. About ten minutes later, a farmer was walking along, and the farmer said "If." Have you all seen a goat around here? And the old men said uh, together, yes, one was here just a few minutes ago. He did the strangest thing. He ran as fast as he could and jumped into that sinkhole. The farmer said, well, that's not my goat. My goat was tied to a log. <laughs> You know, life has its setbacks. (laughs) The Bible says all of us have sinned and are falling short. All of us, every one of us in here, we have failed at something. Weariness and failure uh, certainly take away our confidence. A third thing is fear. That's the most important one. That's the most powerful one. Fear. We have that. Look again at verse 19. The disciples were together when the doors locked for fear of the Jews. They had seen what had happened to Jesus, and they certainly didn't want that to happen to them. They weren't excited about that prospect. Have you ever played the what-if game? What if my business goes under? What if my family goes under? What if my kids... Decide just to hate me. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if I get cancer? What if I have a heart attack? The what if game. I'm sure that everybody in this sanctuary this morning has at one time or another played the what if game. Really, it's the fear game. That's really what it is. We're afraid of what might happen. What might transpire. Have you ever received a letter from the IRS about two months after you sent in your papers? That strikes the fear of God into your heart. (laughs) Have you ever topped a hill going pretty fast and just after you get over the top of the hill to your right you see a Florida highway patrolman? What causes fear in you? Psychologists tell us that our greatest fear is about the fear of death. We're afraid that we're going to die. Well, i got news for you. You are going to die. Uh, that, that's going to happen. That's what uh, Easter is all about. Easter is about overcoming death, overcoming it. I'm not afraid of dying. You say, really? I'm really not. I know where I'm going. I know that I'm going to miss uh, Cindy for a while, but uh, she'll be along. I know she'll be coming. I know that there will be there hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that I have known and loved through the years. They'll be there. It'll be wonderful. The Bible says it'll be greater than anything that we could imagine. I can imagine some great things. So, you know, when the Bible says it's going to be greater than we can imagine, brother, it's going to be great. I mean, really great. Well, I know one that's going to be there. That's the Lord Jesus. If uh, you have a fear of death, you can overcome that fear by beginning a personal relationship with him. Because he'll take care of you. This is what the Easter message is all about. Death has been conquered. It has been conquered. Jesus came out of the tomb. Well, what what restored the disciples' confidence and helped them to be winners? There were two things. The two things that changed the disciples were Jesus' presence and God's power. Let's think about Jesus' presence. Look at uh, verse 20. Jesus came and stood in their midst, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And Acts 4.13 says, when the council saw the boldness of Peter and John, they could see that they were just ordinary men. They were amazed and realized what being with Jesus had done for them. What being with Jesus had done for them. Now these disciples were just regular guys. They weren't the president of any academic institution. They were were fishermen. But their relationship to Christ had given them great confidence. They were bold. Before the resurrection, they were cowering in a room. They were scared to death. The door was locked. A few days later, they were back on the street, taking on the world, witnessing of the risen Savior. What happened? Well, they had been with Jesus. Are you aware of the fact that Jesus has promised to always be with those who invite him into their lives? He'll always be with you. Every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every month, on and on. Forever. He'll be with you. You lose your fear when our Lord is near. In Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. If you invite Christ to come into your life, You have the presence of God's Spirit living in you. He isn't just lying there dormant. He is trying, working in your life, to change you into the person that you really want to be. The honest, upright, godly person. He is there, working to change you every day, every moment. If you need extra power to Resist temptation. Let Christ strengthen you. Can you fix temptation on your own? No, you can't. You need him. What about bitterness? We all in here today, we know some bitter people. They're bitter all the time. They're always fussing, always griping, always chewing somebody out, always upset, always mean. Can bitterness be changed by them? No, not by them. But it can be changed if Christ comes into that heart and light. If Christ comes in and works his wonderful, wonderful blessing on that individual. One of the problems we have in our society is that we have a lot of baloney being sold out there. There are a lot of books entitled Discovering Your Inner Self, uh, Growing Because of Your Inner Discoveries. I can name a hundred of these. Uh, Awaken the giant inside of you. You can overcome. You can succeed. You can be this. You can be that. The reason all of that is baloney is because living in your own strength and being a winner at the same time just doesn't go together. A lack of self-confidence is a spiritual problem. That's a spiritual problem. The secret of building confidence is to get the Lord in your life and let him work in your life. Paul said in Philippians four thirteen, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Not just a few things. I can do all things Amen. through Christ who strengtheneth me. Have you ever been working on something real hard and you and you just messed up? Have you ever done that? You, know, you just you just messed it up real bad. Uh, have you ever wanted to just start over after you made such a mess up? When I was in junior high, I know they don't call it junior high anymore, but when I was in junior high, all the boys had to take shop. Shop was uh, learning how to deal with boards and hammers and pliers and screwdrivers and all that stuff. I wasn't any good at any of that. Uh, The first day, the teacher gave us all a block of wood, a rough block of wood, and then he gave us a plane. I didn't even know what a plane was until that day. Gave us a plane and a square, and he said, now make that block square. Well, some of the guys started right in. They knew what to do, how to do it. I didn't know anything about it, and so I took the plane, and I tried to shave off some of the rough edges and... My block got more out of whack every time I did it. I was terrible. I didn't know how to do that. I'd never done it before. I was terrible. I really messed it up. He came by and gave me another block. I worked on it, worked on it, worked on it, and it got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Finally, I realized that everybody else in the class was moving ahead, and I had this little tiny thing that I couldn't make square. And so the teacher said, Ron, let me help you. I said, great, (laughs) great. Well, you know, he helped me for about three minutes, and it was perfect. And I realized he wanted to move it on, you know, and I was what was holding it back. Well, your heavenly father wants to do the same thing for you. He wants to help you. He wants to kind of move you forward. If you've messed up on your life, on your marriage, on your business, on your friendship, on this, on that, you can start over this time and be so glad that He is there to help you. I know there are some here today who are thinking, Pastor, you just don't understand. I have really messed up. Well, the Lord can help with that. And He's here to help. That's what He's here for. He's not in the grave. He came out of the grave. He came out of the tomb. He's here today to help each and every one of us. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth. God specializes in new beginnings. New beginnings. That is what Easter is all about, starting over. Jesus could have come into the room and just really cussed those disciples out. They had messed up. They had denied him. He could have come in and, you know, just kind of really given it to them. That what he did. He came in, he said he loved them. He said he wanted to help them. And because they were with him, Because he was there in their midst. He appeared there. They don't know how he got there. It was a miracle. All of a sudden, he was in the middle of the room. It was unbelievable. But once that happened, once they knew that he had resurrected from the dead, they were different people for the rest of their lives. I want you to realize this morning that it is never too late for you to start over with the Lord. The disciples went from being scared to death behind a locked door to being bold in their witness for our Savior. The last thing is God's power. After you've turned to God, you will need some power beyond yourself to carry on. Everybody needs power. If you go to Books a Million, you can find 100 different books about how to have power. Don't buy that stuff. That's just junk. Don't waste your money on that. Power is not found in what you eat, what you wear, and believe it or not, even who you know. Power is not found there. Power is found in Jesus Christ living inside of you. The resurrection demonstrated how powerful God is. The same power is available to us today in this hour. If God can raise Jesus from the dead, he can fix anything that is wrong in you. The key, the key is to let him do it. You have to invite him to do it. He wants to do it. He can do it. But you've got to invite him to do it. We can have confidence in God because he is faithful to his word. Philippians 1.5 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. In other words, the Lord doesn't just start with us. He goes with us all the way, all the way, all the way through this life and on into the life beyond for an eternity. Let me ask you. Have you let the Lord begin his work in you? You have to invite him. If you invite him, he'll come in, and he will finish that work. You'll be happier and have more power than you have ever had before. Some might say, well, Pastor, I've thought about giving my life to the Lord, but I'm really not sure that I can be perfect for the rest of my life. Well, you can't be. Don't, you don't have to worry about that anymore. You can't be. But you'll have somebody beside you that will help you, that will guide you, that will lead you. And it'll turn out all right. And you'll be with him forever. You might have given up. You might have lost faith in many things. But I guarantee you this. God has not given up on you. Amen. And he's here today for each and every one of us. I wonder if there's somebody in the house this morning that would like to trust and believe in Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you've never done that, if you've never taken a stand for the Lord, today on Easter Sunday morning would be a great, great day to do that. Some of you are visiting with us. You've visited with us a number of times. You need a a home base of operations for the Lord. We want you to come and join with us. Be a part of our church family. Help us as we try and minister not only to this community and this state, but literally around the world through the missionaries that we help and pray for. Today, let today be the day that you take a step toward Jesus. I'm going to be standing right down here at the front inviting you to take a stand for him who died for you, who rose for you. So today, if there's a decision for Christ that would honor him, I pray that you'll make it. I'll be waiting here at the front. Let's stand and sing together.